Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. I'm Ryan Becker, your host, and I'm really glad you're joining us. Just a quick disclaimer before we jump in. Uh, we are recording in the College Jail Church in College Jail, Tennessee, and they are going through some renovations and additions right now. So you might hear some construction noises here or there. Just bear with us. We're sorry for that. Um, it's just kind of how life goes sometimes. But today I am incredibly excited because I am joined by two wonderful guests, one of which I went to school with, the other I actually ended up teaching for a year. So uh, really excited to have both of them with us. So let's actually just go ahead and start with introductions. And Isa, we can start with you. My name is Isa Tavares. I am a communication studies major here at Southern, and I am a great foosballer. Sweet. Awesome. Nice. And then Chris, what about you? Hi, my name is Christopher Sauvé, and I am the associate pastor at Chattanooga First Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I like snowboarding. Sweet. Awesome. I've never seen, like, real snow. That's what I, yeah, that's what I get for being born in Orlando. <laughs> I've seen it snow, and I've seen snow hit the ground, but not stay on the ground. True. Um, so I'm waiting for the day that I can actually throw a legitimate snowball, <laughs> and not like a slush ball that's been, like put to the side of the road in the morning or whatever. You know what I mean? So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that day one day. Um, so today's topic uh, is an interesting one. It is an incredibly controversial one. And that's why I'm excited about it, because I live in controversy. So uh, this is where I thrive. This is my space. So uh, we're talking about politics. But what I don't want to do, and I, and I want to preface this to the listener and to us here, as I set the tone for this conversation, uh, this is incredibly hard balance to walk, so you might hear some awkward silences or whatever as we try to figure out our own thoughts, uh, the way to communicate those thoughts. But the second thing is, um, we're not bashing anyone here. The goal is not to bash Trump or bash any candidate or bash any party. Um, the goal is to talk about our own personal lives and how we interact with politics in regards to our faith. So this isn't meant to be a partisan conversation. I don't really care <laughs> who you follow, um, because this isn't about that. This is about why we interact and how we interact in general. What are the principles behind that? So I uh, just want to give that, just in case anyone thinks they know what direction this conversation is going to go, uh, you probably maybe do, maybe don't, but now you know for sure. So um, let's talk about this. How, as we, we as Christians, politics is one of those things where it's really hard not to let your worldview or your values mm. influence your politics, right? You, you definitely talk about and engage in politics through your worldview. So the question is, uh, what's the line for a Christian when it comes to, and an Adventist, uh, when it comes to engaging in politics? How do we, um, how do we start to think about that as, you know, I didn't care about politics really until I was in my early twenties. Yeah. Um, and so, what what are kind of the first steps you think as as a Christian trying to engage in politics? What do you think are the first kind of principles or things that even you try to keep in mind as you engage with political conversations or voting, any of that kind of thing? I think that not even just with politics, just being a Christian in general, you always have to keep in mind that you can't just like say whatever you think. Everything that you that you portray through your actions or your words, that's going to affect someone. So I think that's very important to keep in mind when you're talking, especially about politics, because it's such an emotionally charged topic. Mm. I think it's very important to 
um, consider how what you're doing is going to affect someone else. Mm, that's a that's a really good point, and I think uh, I think understanding not just how people treat you, but how your words and actions come across to others. Uh, I think that's an incredibly valuable perspective to take and to have. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah, that's a really good point, Chris. Any thoughts here? Uh, yeah, actually, it's interesting when you look at politics because from a Christian perspective, we're living in this kind of two city type esque reality where we have this one focus, but we have to also focus on what's going on here. And so if we begin with that preference, if with that um, point of view, and that should ultimately, I believe, shape the way we view and how we interact with the political parties that we have here on this earth, which um, at times it's hard to disconnect. I find it, I mean, because as a pastor, people are always coming up to me and they always want to know, okay, like, what's your stance? Mm -hmm. Like, are you pro one? Or are you pro the other? But I think if we start, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping already to ideas. No, that's totally fine. Go for it. <laughs> but if we start with this premise that, you know, we have something promised, then that would shape in my, in my mind, the way that we would interact with politics and the way we would handle politics. Yeah. So understanding the foundation of where you're approaching from, yeah. right? Um, I think... Um, a, a really good example of this, though not in the same vein, but I, 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 every analogy obviously breaks down somewhere. But yeah. uh, when I was pastoring, I actually had a church member. Um, I, you know, I was we were sitting at dinner, and he looked at me, and he wanted to know my thoughts on the election. It was the middle of the election year, and he reached out his finger to me, stuck it in my face, and and said, "You're not voting for Hillary, are you?" And I knew right then that no matter what I was voting, you know, no matter which direction I was going to vote, that wasn't a conversation I could have because the, mm. the, the way he was approaching it was from a foundation where he was trying to uh, make sure I answered a certain way instead of actually engaging in a way that's, that valued my own perspective or what my thoughts were. Okay. So if I had disagreed with him and I said, uh, yeah, actually I am, that would have been an argument. And if I had said, uh, no, I'm definitely not, he would have said, um, he would have said, okay, good. That means I still can respect you. Right. So there was, uh, you know, and I think there's another aspect to this as well that you touched on, which is, um, when we, when we think about these ideas, it's not just black and white. Yeah. It's not pro this or pro that. Uh, it's definitely a mixture of things. And as we engage with faith, we understand that our faith is often not black and white. And uh, politics is very much the <laughs> same. Yeah. A lot of things cross over and a lot of things mix together. And you have to really kind of uh, figure out what you, um, what you believe. And this is why, you know, there are so many different perspectives because there's, there's as many worldviews as there are people. And in the same way, there's as many political opinions as there are people. Um, so, okay, let's let's then talk about um, how you approach your faith from that foundation or from knowing that promise from Jesus. Then, um, any more insights on or opinions on this? Um, how do we how do we begin those conversations, or, or how do we begin looking for things to prioritize? This situation that you went through it made me instantly think of when the Pharisees would throw a question at Jesus and kind of like word it in a way like we want you to answer a certain way. Mm -hmm. And he would never fulfill that expectation that they had. He always threw a curveball back, curveball. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think that just shows us that picking a side black and white, like how you were saying, is usually a trap. 
There's yeah. no such a thing. You you can't just like pick a side and then stick to it if you're gonna be balanced and if you're gonna be fair to both sides. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. I think uh, giving. I think the other thing is giving permission for growth and for uh, people to change their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's you know if we're having our journey and we are not the same as we were five years ago, then allowing other people to grow and change and form their opinions over time is incredibly uh, valuable and incredibly necessary. And I think sometimes we say, oh, well, a year ago you said this, and we try to hold that against people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even do that to candidates. We especially do that to candidates, That's and we hold true. it back to, as, to the beginning of their career. Yeah. Um, and so um, understanding that this is a journey is a great way, I think, to start um, having those conversations and to start thinking about where I land on certain issues or, or topics. Yeah. Um, go, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like, it's one of those things where we, or I find myself picking and choosing from one side. And I wonder, do you ever wonder and sit and wonder, you know, which side is really like doing the Lord's will? Because we always kind of have that subconsciously in the back of our mind, whether it's like a superstar or something or a politician, when they say they follow the Lord, you wonder, you know, like, are they like, this is going to be the representative. So this is huge if you think about it, for our culture, for the society of our church, do you ever think that, like, is there a right party or is there a right choice? I mean, because, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff, that if we sat here for a while and talked about it, there's a lot of stuff ethically or morally that we would stand against, to stand opposed to. Mm-hmm. From both sides. From both sides, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. Not just, it's not just Republican or Democrat or Independent, who knows where they stand. But um, what, what constitutes a leader? Because ultimately, we're, we're putting up people in positions of authority. So what constitutes, for, especially for a Christian, what should they look for Yeah. when it comes well, to that? And I think... So I think in talking about this, understanding that uh, whether whether you think this is a Christian nation or, you know, it wasn't yeah. a Christian nation from the beginning, right? We can argue about that history all we want and probably still get nowhere with someone who's <laughs> listening to this because uh, many people have decided what they believe on that, right? So let's let's just not do that. Let's, let's, just, let's understand that the leader of this country is not just looking out for Christian values, but he's also, he or she, is also trying to make life as good as possible for people of all walks of life. And so when I think about that, I think um, this isn't meant to be a pastor, right? Or a church president, you know, a world church president. This is meant to be someone who is engaging with multiple backgrounds and multiple lives. So I think, what are the values in my faith that align with the values in other faiths so that I'm not legislating my faith Mm. uh, into their lives, right? I'm not forcing them to live the way that I want to, because ultimately Jesus doesn't force us to do anything. He always gives us that choice. And I think allowing others the space to make those choices is important. Uh, Now, that tends to be where I land on this. Obviously, there is room for disagreement there, but as is my usual response to people when they disagree, you're just wrong. So that's that's, that's how I handle disagreement. I just assume they're wrong. I'm kidding. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't actually think of being serious. Um, yeah, uh, Isa, any thoughts? Um, I think that sometimes we forget that our nation and the world in general is not supposed to go in the right direction. Hmm. Because if it did, would there be a need for Jesus to, to come back? 
everything would be right. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it can't all be perfect yeah, and fixed. Not everything is going to be perfect. So we do need to understand that um, the leaders that we're going to be um, electing, they, they will make a lot of mistakes and they're not going to be able to fix all the problems that we're dealing with. Yeah, and I mean, change doesn't happen overnight, especially when you're talking about yeah. in the U.S., 350 yeah, million people. Uh, that de definitely doesn't, even the positives or negatives don't always happen overnight in one term or even in one president. So, I, you know, I think that is a valuable uh, perspective to have as well. Certainly, I, I think you can go too far, though, on that. And, and I don't think you are. I'm just saying in general, you can go too far. There are a lot of there are a lot of well-intentioned, well-meaning Christians who think that because Jesus is coming back, they don't have to take proper care of the yeah, earth. Yeah, that's... And, and so it becomes extreme. an excuse for laziness, right? That's the other extreme. And so there's a balance of we do everything we can to make this world better because we have been given it as in we are stewards of it. Um, we, this is home, right? You keep your home clean. Uh, well, me as a single 25-year-old, uh, sometimes I keep my home clean. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you do what you can to make life as peaceful as possible. And so there is that line understanding that, yeah, we, we're trying to get to the bar, but understanding that Jesus is the one who ultimately gets us there mm -hmm. um, is huge. So thank you for that. Um, okay, so there's, there's another part of this that I, I, I want to talk about, and um, it's how much we let our politics... Um, deter or how much we let our politics become our identity. Mm -hmm. um, so have you ever much. met someone who literally like all they talk about is politics, all they engage in is politics, and literally uh, their entire being is around politics? Um, I think this is a danger in general to do. But how do you um, how do you avoid allowing whatever you're passionate about to become the totality of your identity? I think you need to make sure that you're not um, allowing your bias to keep your relationships only on one side. Because I do have friends on both sides, and I used to identify very strongly with one of them. And um, something happened, and then um, people from the other side that were very close friends of mine um, were under attack. And I realized that if they hadn't been close friends of mine, I would have probably been together with those people mm -hmm. that were doing the attacking. So I realized that it's not just about it's not just about partisanship. It's about um, it's about who who people actually are, and we can't let um, their partisanship define that completely. Yeah. Um, something that a speaker said recently here at Southern was that um, in order to bridge these gaps, we need to have conversation. But effective conversation is not going to happen if you're having it with people who you don't care about deeply and who don't care about you mm -hmm. because there's not going to be that mutual mutual desire to actually get to a point where it's common ground and where you can get to a conclusion. Yeah, that's huge. And I think uh, I think social media while it has expanded our ability to gain perspectives and like to under you know to learn about them, uh, it's terrible for debate because mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. always debating people you don't know. That's yeah. true. And you're never going to I mean it's very rare. I think I've had it happen once in 10 years that I've changed someone's mind. And that was even someone that I knew. It's never happened with a stranger, right? <laughs> like it's never going to happen. And so it's uh, you know in in some ways I think uh, being more intentional about who we have those conversations mm -hmm. with uh, rather than framing them as arguments or debates. Um, so that's huge. Thank you for that. I think there's some people who go in looking for a fight too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I know a couple. But um, I think especially as Christians, we need to have a reserve 
an understanding that, okay, I see what you're thinking, I understand what you, you know, what's in your mind, and I understand that you're not going to change, so I'm not going to address. But then that also brings up the counterpoint, when is enough enough? Yeah. When do you speak up? Yeah, well, and I think... Um, you know, Paul says, you know, if I have not love, yeah. then, you know, if I have all these things and I have not True. love, then what mm-hmm. do I have? You know, I have nothing. I am nothing. And so I think uh, when it comes to understanding um, or, or let me put it this way, when it comes to um, not allowing someone's political opinions, beliefs or alignment uh, define their identity in your own eyes, uh, when it comes to doing that, understanding that they have value in Christ before they have value in yeah. their poli- in their mm-hmm. belief in their political beliefs, and regardless of what their faith beliefs are, they could be religious or non-religious. Uh, they still have value uh, as creations, right, and as as human beings. And so, understanding that first, and remembering that, as you said, these are people, we are people, mm-hmm. and we are people first. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that has always helped me in this is while we may all, regardless of what side we're on, you know, we may all believe that we'll get there different ways. Some people through more fiscally responsible things, others through more uh, social programs and welfare programs, whatever. Um, Everyone wants to make this country better and understanding the motivations and and where they're trying to get uh, also can help that conversation because instead of then looking for ways to disagree, now I'm looking for ways to agree with them so that we can arrive at the same destination together. Um, So looking... you know, consistently looking for ways that I can agree and affirm where you stand uh, will often allow uh, the other person that I'm talking to to drop their guard and to actually do the same. Uh, so I, you know, that those are some of the ways that I've learned to engage in those conversations, the perspectives I've taken. Um, so as we close this kind of, you know, we're we're winding down here. Um, I want to say this: what uh, what have been the most important things for you? Uh, maybe it's something that we've already said, but what have been the most important things for you as you've engaged with politics? Um, with this situation that I described, it was very eye-opening for me to be removed from the equation and be in the middle, not having to defend a specific side, but just looking at it, having been kind of on both. So I think it's very important for us to realize that we have a bias too. In that, in the same way that sometimes we might be thinking, how does this person think this way? But we also have to realize, how do I think this way? Why do I think this way? What makes me think this way? What in my life led me to think this way? And everyone has their yeah. own paths and everyone's in their own journey. And it's, I think it's very important to um, give other people the same grace that we're giving ourselves. Mm, that's mm. huge. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Chris? Um, Oh, man, I'm reminded of a concert that I went to at Riverbend this past summer. Oh, Riverbend. Um, oh, you're good. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, Riverbend is a uh, music festival that happens in Chattanooga every year. Yeah. So that that is context there, but yeah. Um, John Foreman was up. The lead singer of Switchfoot was up singing um, his last most famous hit, or I shouldn't say mo- like most recent, but a very old hit that he had. And he mentioned that, and I kind of carry the same mentality when it comes to politics, that whenever he's driving down the road, you know when somebody cuts you off and that automatic instinct that you have in your mind to just, you know, get angry and want to, like, say your veggie cuss word, whatever it is. Um, What he said, and this is something that I've kind of started implementing in my own life, is instead of looking 
at the other person like they are a a road rage aholic don't like leave all that aside look at them as if they were a child think of them as them being like like he said in his own mind as a child of god mm. each of us we've been pur- purchased by the precious blood of christ so just look at each other that way and especially as christians if we do that i feel like a lot of these open these wounds that we've been opening up will heal yeah absolutely because it changes the way it, do, it when, when you do it that way, it doesn't rely on the other person to change their behavior. It only relies because you're the only person that you can control. Yeah. So if you can control how you view someone else, then it changes how you interact with them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's in, both of those are incredible insights. So thank you for that. Uh, to our listener, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed this. We hope this has been uh, perhaps insightful, encouraging to you, or you've had some new ideas, maybe convicted of some ways you could do things better. I don't know. I know that uh, for me, this has been a reminder uh, to be intentional about the way that I engage in politics. Uh, a special thank you to Southern Adventist University and the College Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church for allowing us to record season two of Echo here. Uh, and for more uh, awesome content being produced, uh, then you can head over to theprojectrefresh.org and you can check out some other video series that are happening and, and, and some other awesome content that is made directly and, and specifically for you. So thank you so much for joining us and for being a part of this. Isa and Chris, thank you again, and we'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.